Now we're going to head to Brazil for some good conservation news. The golden lion tamarind is a small charismatic monkey with a mane of red fur. It's a local celebrity in Brazil's Atlantic forest, but this pint-sized primate was on the brink of extinction back in the 1970s. Only about 200 of them lived in the wild. After decades of concentrated conservation efforts, an estimated 4,800 golden lion tamarinds are now living in the wild. They are still endangered, but those who work on this project say it's a really good sign that the population is turning around. Joining me to talk about this is my guest, Carlos Ruiz Miranda, Associate Professor of Conservation and Behavior at Northern Rio de Janeiro State University in Campos dos Goitacazes in Brazil. Welcome to Science Friday. Hello. Thank you. N nice to have you. These golden lion tamarinds, uh, they're so cute and they are so charming. And I understand these monkeys are certainly beloved in their native habitat, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are uh symbol and uh, people just really like to watch them and see them in their backyards when they can. One of the uh, districts that we work, even the uh, public phone booths have the uh, are in the shape of the Golden Lion Towering. <laughs> no kidding. Now, I understand that you have a personal history with these monkeys also, that you say they've saved your life. Tell me about that. Twice, actually. I was standing, both cases, I was standing next to a venomous snake and I hadn't seen it. I was just observing the monkeys and the monkeys approached me making all kinds of noises and calls and, and I, I, I was very worried. I thought they were attacking me, but then I realized they were uh, pointing to the snake. Wow. Uh, that was about a foot away from me. Yes, I have to say that they saved my life twice. Wow, so you have a, a, a really vested interest in liking them even more. I know, um, I, I'm in debt. <laughs> You're in debt. Oh, they are they are so special to you and to the community. What is their family structure like? So yes, the tamarinds live in a extended family structure. You know, the male and the female and their kids from previous births. The the female most of the time, ninety percent of the time, gives birth to twins, sometimes triplets. They are very heavy for the mother, so everybody helps take care of the baby. So the father carries them on, on his back. And then the older siblings bring food and also carry them on their back. So they have a very tight family unit. Sounds like they're very similar to the uh, to people's family structure. Yes, yes, they are. Now take us back in time. I mentioned at the beginning that uh, there were there weren't very many of them not so long ago. Why did their population drop so drastically? So mostly the uh, loss of of their habitat. I mean, the, these monkeys live about. 80 kilometers north of the city of Rio. And, uh, you know, this is where people live and work. They're in the coastal plain, which was always used for a sugarcane or a coffee cycle. So they were in a very active area. So there was a lot of deforestation. You know, the Atlantic forest lost about 90% of its forest in the previous centuries. Hmm. So what kind of work does it take, that you and your conservation scientists, to restore this population? Yes, this is the work is to uh, well, restore the population by restoring the habitat. Uh, we even reintroduce monkeys from zoos all over the United States and Europe. Wow. And how do you do that when you say restore the habitat? What do you have to restore exactly? Connect the uh, patches of forest that were left uh, that are unconnected. And are, most of them are private lands. So that's uh, uh, restoration and 
connecting forest, and and it requires the the uh, help of the uh, local community. This is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. Now I understand there was a yellow fever outbreak in these monkeys. Tell tell me about the vaccination campaign you helped with. Yes, 2017 there was a, a yellow fever outbreak in Brazil, and it has been a long time since we have seen yellow fever in this part of, of Brazil, and uh, it was very swift and it hit the monkeys uh, very hard and we lost about a third of the population so we we used the human vaccine but we had to kind of uh, adapt it to the monkeys so we we tested it and it looked like it was safe and so we started a vaccination campaign uh, for two reasons one's to protect the monkeys from uh, the next outbreak which usually this outbreak is coming in like 10 year cycle and there's a good expectation that there may be another outbreak in the next two or three years. So we vaccinated the monkeys, and it's part of our what uh, scientists call now the, the one health approach, where, where you deal with uh, human and animal health, part of the same process. Uh, so two things that we did, vaccinate the monkeys and then make a big campaign for humans to get vaccinated. So next outbreak, it will be very uh, subdued because we're we're going to have both the monkeys and the and people vaccinated. Did you actually have to go out and give individual shots to the monkeys? Yes, we we capture the monkeys and we bring them to our like our field laboratory. And yes, we have to uh, give them uh, injections one by one. How many monkeys would you think you've done? A little bit over four hundred. It, it was slow at the beginning because we we were testing. We were in the third stage of vaccine test, like 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 we do with people. So we, we're testing them in the right. uh, test in the population. So the first 150 monkeys we had to uh, capture twice. We captured them, take blood out, vaccinate them, then release them. And we had to go about uh, 45 days later and capture them again and take a sample of blood to see if the vaccine had worked. Uh, and it did really well. About 92% of the monkeys showed that they were immunized. So now we just capture and vaccinate. You continue. You continue to do that. Yes, we we have an aim. It's going to be around eight hundred, based on our on our goals of vaccination, which is going to be to vaccinate enough monkeys, so that the population will never go down to a a number that uh, they would not be able to bounce back on their own. Well, you have fixed the habitat. You have gone out and vaccinated the monkeys and will continue to do that. Is there still any other kind of work you have to do to make sure the populations continue to thrive? Uh, yes. The, the Part of the connecting the habitat, uh, the, the big thing now is working with people. And we have been doing this from the beginning so that what we need to protect the forest area further. And even though they're in private lands, people can do private uh, reserves. And, uh, in their land, but also we we working with sustainable economic activities, that so that people you know they they uh, this is a rural area, but people need to uh, make a living and and carry on with their lives. So the tamarinds are part of it. So we foster like ecotourism and organic farming. So we work together with the community to find what the solutions, economic solutions, are going to be, and it's going relatively well. Wow! So you're hopeful. Yes, I am. Ever hopeful and optimistic. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I want to thank you for taking time to be with us today. Ah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Carlos Ruiz Miranda, Associate Professor of Conservation and Behavior at Northern Rio de Janeiro State University 
in Campos de Goite Casas in Brazil.